0: Welcome to Swimming with Sharks, the DFS podcast. I am your host, Mike Carls, and I am not joined by Eric Robertson today, as he is currently at the hospital, as he had a beautiful baby girl two days ago. Uh, her name is Kinsley. She was a 10-pound baby, but as cute as can be. So he is currently at the hospital with his wife and new baby. So I am riding solo, and I... But I am here still to give you some awesome DFS PGA advice. So if you're a first time listener to this podcast, um, you might be thinking that you clicked on a podcast about sharks and great whites and hammerheads. That's not the case. We are a podcast where we are trying to help an average um, You know, daily fantasy player compete and beat the sharks in the industry or the pros in the industry. Um, Right now, our main focus has been golf. Um, This will probably be our last um, golf podcast until the new PGA season starts in October. Until then, uh, we are still going to be producing a podcast every week. um, But we're going to shift our focus over to the NFL and football because I believe there's a lot of money to be won, especially early in the season, where we can give you guys an edge over the casual fans that play who are excited for the NFL to come and um, just don't do a lot of research. So we'll be here next week, um, but it's going to be NFL-related. You can expect the NFL podcast probably sometimes towards the end of the week. Uh, We do not do the Thursday through Sunday, Monday slate, we solely focus on the Sunday slate, the main slate, um, but we will be delivering content. But right now, we're going to be focusing on golf this week. Um, if you are a new listener or if you are a um, you know returning listener, I thank you for listening. We would love if you followed us on Twitter, and that's at S-W-S-D-F-S, and You can also email us at swimmingwithsharksdfs at gmail.com. And we would really appreciate if you send over any questions. We'd love to answer them. You can tweet us, um, tag us in things, send us something funny. We we are just normal people. We love to uh, see funny related sports things and otherwise. Um, So this week, we do have the second leg of the PGA um, Championship. Uh, the FedEx um, playoffs this is going to be played at TPC Boston and it's the 2018 Dell Championships and it's been played at the same course now for many years um, so we've got we got to we have a lot of data that we could use when doing this research um, but before we get into exactly you know this course and this and this championship I do want to talk a little bit about last week if you listen so last week it's it's tough to say. Do we have a good or bad week? Did I win? Did I win any money on, on DraftKings? No. Um, but when I I went through all of our picks and we we chose I, on the podcast we we mentioned nineteen guys. We did have six people miss the cut. Uh, not great. Um, but we did. I, I do have to brag a little. Eric's not here, to um, which makes it you know not as fun to brag, but. You know, last week on the pod, I mentioned Bryson DeChambeau, said he was underpriced. He was at, you know, $7,400. He, it was ninth in the Ryder Cup. He, and I knew, like, I I just thought for that value, you definitely could play him. And he goes out and dominates the tournament and wins. So, pat myself on the back. Uh, Eric hated the play, so shame on him. He likes, he doesn't like to choose winners, but the cool part is this is our this will be our fourth podcast. Three out of four podcasts now we have mentioned and told you to play the winner of the tournament, so pretty solid. Um, we also had um, we also mentioned Tony Fino, he finished in second. We had three guys finish top eight, two guys finish top 25, and then the rest of them were they made the cut in a couple t- top 40s, top 50s, and then some guys in the 70s who didn't play that well. But so overall, I wouldn't say an amazing week um, for sure. I think we, we definitely uh, had some bad plays in there. But I do think that the DeChambeau, um call was pretty cool. Also, Snedeker, I mentioned him and then he withdrew on me. I was kind of upset about that. But uh, what can you do? Um, the guy, he had just won. Probably he's probably just didn't really care about the tournament. So he withdrew. Um, Both of our value guys that we liked uh, trunk slammed, so that wasn't cool. We had um, Joel Damon, he missed the cut. And then Christian Kirk finished in 78th, basically, I think, last place after making the cut. So both calls, not good. But you might hear one of those names again in the future, hint, hint. Um, Also, Eric was all over his boy Half Swing. John Ram loved, he loved John Ram. Uh, John Ram went out and shot plus six, missed the cut, didn't look good. He's always been known for his tempers and, uh, in big moments, you know, it seems that he can sometimes just really, uh, just disappear or shoot really bad. So not the greatest call by Eric. Um, Tiger Woods was a weird story. Uh, he finished tied 40th, um, but he did shoot his first uh, round since basically returning to golf uh, you know he basically since returning to golf where he didn't he went bogey free but he just never really got in a roll never really rolled out the br- his putting was just horrendous um, he had plenty of chances to score lower he just putted really poorly so you're going to have those weeks putting is a big thing like if you just don't if you don't putt well there you have no no chance of winning So, but his rest of his game looked pretty solid. So besides, I mean, obviously driver still a problem, but, um, not nothing crazy. Um, so that was last week, Eric and I both did not have a great week. Um, as I said, like our value plays both did really bad. So, um, but we did have some good calls in there. So hopefully, you know, if you took some of our advice, you were able to win, um, Hopefully, in this week we will 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 we'll do a little bit better, or I'll do a little bit better because Eric currently cannot play golf this week because he has more important things to do. Uh, Eric and I did have our third ever uh, head-to-head matchup. I almost doubled his score and took him down. He played John Ram against me and just some other really bad plays. Seeing um, if I can pull it up now. Um, Let's see. So, Eric and I faced off last week. I had I scored 424 points, and he scored 246. Uh, but he ended up playing John Ram against me. He ended up playing um, Molinari against me, who didn't do well. Kirk and Damon, who didn't do well, which I mentioned. So, in that lineup, I played Kepka against them, Tiger, Finau. Uh, Gabe Pan, and Kirk. so nothing great. 424 points, not the greatest, but I did crush him like a grape, and I am now leading in our head-to-head, two to one. This week, um, when we're talking about events that we're going to be playing in, Eric and I are both playing. Um, we're we're both go- only going to be playing one lineup this week. We decided that you know we've been playing in like three lineups the past few weeks. Uh, we're going to get back to our bread and butter. We're going to, for this for this tournament, we're going to play one lineup, uh, probably play in a couple different events, um, and just kind of finish out this golf season, and the next next golf season we'll hit it harder. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be focusing on basically probably just one lineup. All right, so and to be honest, this podcast is probably going to be a little bit shorter than normal because I'm by myself. First time ever doing a solo dolo podcast over here. I have no, not drinking on any anything good. Um, and talking to myself is, takes some getting used to and I'm not the greatest at it yet. So, but I will give you those fire plays. All right, so course breakdown here. Uh, like I said, we're playing at TPC Boston. Beautiful course, uh, about 7,300 yards to par 71. Um, basically the, these are bent grass greens. They're gonna roll pretty fast. The greens are pretty small uh, in general. Um, Pretty average layout. I mean, nothing crazy. You got four, um, you got, you have four par threes, four par four, or four four, four par fives, and then the rest par fours. You do have some longer par threes, um, you know, three playing at over 200 yards, and then you got a par five playing at over 600. So that would immediately tell me that dry, that like, guys that are long would have an advantage i don't think that's always the case um there has been some short hitters here that have done well but you know dry distance is not going to hurt this week that's for sure so you know that could be a strategy uh, it's not really anything i i super weighed but you know if if maybe a tiebreaker um kind of like i use putting if you're thinking between two guys maybe a guy that's a little bit longer um I think, and the, the hard part with that too is there's probably a lot of holes on here. Guys are gonna club down, maybe not, obviously not the long, long par five, but when guys aren't hitting their drivers well, like Tiger Woods is a perfect example, they just club down, and it kind of messes up those stats because they're 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 not driving. So they might be terrible with their driver, but then they take an iron off the tee, so it you know it, it's hard it's hard to always take that into consideration. Um, seems like uh, the stats that I am basically going to be looking at after doing some research on this course, um, biggest thing is going to be uh, strokes gained approach. Um, I'm looking at all my stats the last 24 rounds. Like per usual, that's usually what I do. Sometimes I'll look at like the last 12. Um, this, this this week I am doing a little bit. I'm um, going 24. Um, stroke chain approach, like I said, uh, these greens are not that big. And, um, based on previous results in this tournament, it seems like that is a major key in this tournament is how, how you're hitting it towards the green, um, T to green this week. I kind of, I think I just decided to put this on here cause I don't have Eric this week and he always uses T to green, but with this course, looking at the tournament history, I mean, in most, in most cases, TD to green is a super important stat. You got to get to the green, Um, and from, you know, you got to get off the tee into the green, um, better than the other players in the field. So I have that, um, bogeys avoided. This course doesn't score like overly, um, like overly crazy. So I don't like birdies and things of that nature isn't super important to me. I just don't want you, um, getting a bunch of bogeys and getting yourself out of it early. I think, you know, um, cut line on this tournament, if I'm, if I'm looking over the, the course of the, uh history the cut line is usually i mean yeah the lowest the cut line the highest it's been or like the lowest it's been is even um last year the cut line was four over um last year it was or 2016 it was even it was four over in 14 and 15 even in 2013 and then three over in 2012 so Obviously, like I just think if you want guys that are going to perform well, like they might make the cut if they're if they're not, but if they're if they they might make the cut if they have some bogeys. But if you can get guys that are going to avoid bogeys, to me that just shows that they're probably going to perform well at this tournament. Um, this is a this is not a high scoring um, high scoring tournament whatsoever. So it's not going to be. Um, I it's, you're just not going to need it. Um, I have. I do have. I did this week. I did decide to go into um, strokes gained putting on fast bent green bent grass greens. Um, this course, I see the they're fast greens, which I feel like this is the first time we've had some fast greens in a while. So. Um, but I do think fast greens, especially for these pros, makes putting a little bit easier for everyone. But I do that is my tiebreaker. It's my least weighted thing. Like I said last week, I just like looking at it if I'm looking between a couple guys, um, and if someone's a really good putter, it might make me select them. Um, I, I guess, always do DraftKings points. You can't win if they don't score DraftKings points. News alert. And then, lastly, another and pretty important stat, looking at at history of this course, is strokes gained ball striking. This is a ball striking course. Um, it's not the fairways aren't super hard to hit. The the roughs aren't too crazy. Um, not like too pe- penal. So, ball just iron play and uh, iron play is going to be super important. So, those are the six stats that I am looking at this week. Uh, I. We like this is a obviously this is non-sponsored podcast, but if you're ever wondering like where do you find these stats and how does what is he talking about or you know where can I see this information without looking at like a million different places and spending hours and hours and hours and hours? It's Fantasy National Golf Club. This website is absolutely incredible. Um, we brag about it every time, even though uh, we pay for it and get zero uh, anything from it. Um, it's just a really good site. You can create your own models. There's there's data all the way back to 2012. Um, and it's they have the pricing in there right away once it drops. So amazing site. There's a bunch of tutorials. It's like You can pay for it in different plans but like if you it's weekly is like eight bucks a week so you can just try it out highly recommend so all right eric usually does the course breakdown so if that sucked i'm sorry i i tried um looking at course history and court course layouts is not my thing um even when i go play golf as an amateur golfer Eric is always talking about like the length and the different setups and the different holes and the hazards and he's all into that. I'm just like, I'm just gonna play the play the game and let's hit the ball and you know what how, what's the par on this hole. Um, so I tried my best. Uh, so hopefully I got that uh, as good as I can there. Did a, I looked at a few different websites? I, I looked at the the card and um, tried to put together the best course breakdown i could but it's really eric's job so i'm sorry all right so let's talk about plays this week i'm gonna go same format here um i'm gonna start at the 10k and up range and talk about my plays in that range so first and foremost right off the top i like jt justin thomas he's 11-4 he's fifth in my model he ranks number one in strokes gained approach, which is my you know most heavy stat this week. He's second tee to green. He's fourth in DraftKings points, um, and then he's top you know thirty. He's you know right around top thirty in bogeys avoided and ball striking. Not the greatest at putting on these greens. Ninetieth in the field. So um, you know if you don't want to play him for that aspect, I totally understand. Um, you could pay two hundred dollars more and play Dustin Johnson, um, but. Same thing I said last week. The second highest priced golfer usually goes a bit more under owned, um, and he's sandwiched right between Dustin and Brooks. And I think both of those are going to be super popular this week. So you might get Justin at a little bit lower ownership, and I and I do really like him. Um, he also, Justin, um, he did win this tournament last year, so that's that's also that's also really nice, um, and. So he, he obviously, you know, has played well at this course. And then recent results, I mean, the guy's been on absolute fire. He's been, he's top 10 his last three tournaments he's played in. So he had some shaky form coming into the Bridgestone um, four weeks ago. Um, but since then, he, he won the Bridgestone, tied six at the PGA Championship. And then last week at the Northern Trust, he tied for eighth. And he's currently sitting in the top, you know, I think he's sitting in second place in the um, FedEx Cup standings, oh, he's sitting in third place after the um, FedEx Cup standings. So he is—he's uh, pretty locked in right now. So I like him. Uh, the other guy I like in the 10K and up range is Jason Day. We talked about him last week. Um, he is just—I mean, in the past year, the dude's uh, has only missed like two cuts. Um, and he's top 20 and top 10 like almost every event um, if you look at his tournament history it's insane. Um, he's made the cut here and his worst finish is at25 he has a t15 a t12 a t7 a t13 and he hasn't missed the cut you know in the past five years. Um, he's been playing lights out. Jason Day, um, like I said, T20, T19, T10, T17 in his last four events. So you're just getting a consistent golfer who's who's probably going to go out there and put up a top 20 for you. And he has the talent, the win. He's also one of the best putters um, in the field. So if you're looking, you know, in these big tournaments, um, you know, you can't, can't go wrong with him. All right, but that's all I have in the 10K range. 9k range. Well, Eric said it best last week. Has there been a week that the swimming with sharks have existed that Mike Carls has not mentioned LT Gray, Eldrick Woods? No. And you know what? The streak continues. Tiger. I mean, what more can you say about Tiger? Um last week he you know he finished T forty, but while doing so, he also had his first um, bogey-free round since returning to golf. So, I mean, if if you're gonna look for anything, like that's I I still would count that as a win. If he would have just made a couple more putts, you know, he he could have been he could have finished a lot better. Um, his stats right now in the past 24 rounds are absolutely nuts. He is second in a short and strokes gained approach, fifth in tee to green. First in ball striking, sixth in bogey avoidance, ninth in DraftKings points, and he's still putting. Even though he had struggles, as I do the air finger quotation marks, he struggled with his putting. He's 31st in the field. So um, overall, Tiger is on an absolute tear. His last, um, he hasn't played this this event since 2013. I'm not even taking that into consideration. that's so long ago and. You know he's he had some he had all a bunch of nonsense and you know a bunch of injuries in between that so that doesn't matter but his recent results you know he had the t40 last week like I said putting second at the PGA tied thirty first at the WGC and tied six at the Open so in the in the two majors he's played in his worst finish is t six the past two majors the other events you know t40 t31. Um, this course, like you know, I think because it's a ball striking course and an approach course, this course fits him really well. Also, I, f- I saw a stat on Twitter. Actually, um, the golfer Joe Damon tweeted it out. Tiger Woods' worst—he's ranked this year. He ranks um, he ranks f- fifth in sh- in uh, strokes gained approach. It's his second worst. Like ranking in his career and his worst ever is is sixth so tiger woods is a strokes gained approach machine has been his whole career in this course that's what you need so like tiger um all right and then a big feel like this he's not going to be stupid on like he is a lot of time all right moving on in the 9k range uh 9100 eric if eric's gonna listen to this and he's Gonna like punch me in the face for taking his boy and making fun of him most of the time, but I got half swing in here. Bad week last week, didn't do well, plus six. But you know he's a young guy, he's a competitor, and I think that he bounces back this week. I do not see him missing two cuts in a row. Um, and in this tournament last year, he was he had a T four and overall in the year he's been playing really well um i just like half swing this week i don't know i don't know what's gotten into me maybe i feel maybe i'm just saying that because eric had a baby and i'm trying to be nice to eric no i i like john rom this week he's 15th in my model so i do like him and then rounding out the 9k range uh, Patrick Cantillay, now he's going to be super chalky. He's probably more of a cash game play, but if you're playing in a smaller tournament, um, like under 100 people, you might want to just eat this chalk. Um, dude's just, I mean, he's been playing amazing. He's 7th in my model. Um, he also had a T13 here last year, and in his past four rounds, his worst finish is a twenty seventh at the PGA, and in there he has, the, the other three are all top 12s. So Patrick Cantlay is playing lights out golf and he's 9,000. So he's not even that expensive and he grades in the top 25 and or top 15 in four out of the six stats I'm looking at. So, you can probably fire up some Patrick Cantlay. If you're playing in a larger field GPP, um, might you know I might fade him. Also, I would check you know check and own check ownership tomorrow night. Um, you can use a variety of different sites. I mean, uh, none of them are super accurate, but you can look around. I think um, Roto Grinders and a few other websites have uh, have ownership projections if you pay for their services. I would check, you know, if you're playing in larger fields, it's, it's really important to get leverage on ownership, so, but I think Cantley is probably going to be pretty chalky. All right, that brings me to the 8K range. I like a lot of guys in the 8K range, which last week I didn't like a lot of guys. I only liked two guys in the 8K range last week. This week I love the 8K range. But my favorite golfer in the 8K range is Hideki Matsuyama. I feel like this guy is getting overlooked this year because he hasn't played a ton, especially in the, on the PGA. Um, he's played a very minimal amount, but and I, but this guy, I mean, if the, his tournament history is incredible. Well, first off, in my model, he ranks number 6th. Tournament history, this guy has been, he's top 23, top 15, or T23, T15, T25 the last three years. And then this year, is past four events, you know, T15, T11, his last two events, and then, you know, two thirty. So, Hideki's been playing really well. I really like that he's 8,900, and Patrick Cantillay, like I said, is probably going to be pretty chalky. The guy under him is going to be super, like, everyone loves him this year, so he might get a little forgotten about. Um, he has, he ranks sixth in short game, uh, strokes gain approach, 19th in tee green, 16th in ball striking, 12th in draft Kings points. So, I mean, this guy used to be one of the, like, he is one of the best golfers in the world, um, still, but he, you know, he was up there with Rory and, um, spieth and everything a few couple few years ago like he was just getting talked about and i feel like he's kind of been forgotten so he's still really good and uh i really like him at at 8900 so adeki definitely play for me uh tony finau 8800 gotta mention him last week we mentioned him he finished he set t2 he's fighting for a Ryder cup um spot on the you know a spot on the Ryder cup team of course, he finished He gets a he gets a T two, and the guy he's trying to fight for um, a roster spot with wins the tournament in Deshambo. So, I mean, I, there's not much I have to say. He doesn't check like a ton of boxes, but he just has the it factor, and he just plays really well in big spots. So, I mean, Tony Finau is always a play. He's probably going to be a little bit higher owned. But if, he's, if he gets, you know, another top five finish or something, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you could have him in your lineup. And then that brings me to the guy who won the tournament last week, Bryson DeChambeau. Like, glad Eric's not here because, uh, once again, I'm going to recommend him. His price bumped up $1,300 from last week. But probably should have, seeing how he dominated the tournament last week. And he's been playing insanely good golf. Um for the most part this year. And right now he's number one in the FedEx Cup um, season points. So um, I think he wants to probably hold at the top there with $10 million on the prize. And he gets a lot of shit like from a lot of analysts and stuff. People just don't like him because he's kind of quirky. And I think because he won last week, I don't think a lot of people are going to play him because they don't think he's going to do it two weeks in a row. But... I mean, the guy's just been, you know, the guy's playing, obviously he's playing while he won. Um, But I just like him, you know. Maybe his compass will help him this week. All right, that moves me on to my next guy I like in this range. Um, That is Patrick Reed. Uh, Doesn't check any boxes. We mentioned him, Eric mentioned him last week. Uh, He's basically, uh, you know, no one really likes him. I don't even really like him, but, I mean, last week he didn't check any boxes, and he goes out and he gets a top 25, um, and then, you know, he, he just, he seems to, when, when, when big spots are happening, um, he seems to play really well, and by the way, Patrick Reed loves playing this event. His last three years at this event are a T6, a T5, and a T4, so I don't know if I need to say anything more. He's $8,400, doesn't check boxes, but the dude just is a competitor. Um, and, I, you know, he's trying to get his form back. He's only got, you know, a month, a little less than a month until Ryder Cup. So he's got to get that form in check. So I like Patrick Reed. And then here's the pick Eric would give me probably the most shit about. And that is my boy... Webb Simpson, 13th in my model. Just, I just, I, for some reason, I just love Webb Simpson. I don't know what it is. Terrible tournament history here, for the most part. I mean, it's T75 last year, cut T44. He did have a T90 in 2014. But the reason why I like Webb Simpson is this year, I mean, his last four five events he's played, his worst finish is a T28. Dude's been just locked in. Um, I think, you know, he fits this course really well. He doesn't bogey. He, he's fifth and bogeys avoided in this field. So, like, if you're talking about a guy who's probably going to make the cut and you want to build a balanced lineup, you can throw Webb in there. And he has the talent. He could go out and win a tournament. So, love my boy, Webby. 8,100, this rounds out my 8,000 players. Uh, I like Billy Horschel. He's ninth in my model. Uh, strokes gained uh, approach. He's fourth in the field. Tee to green, he's seventh. Bogey's avoided, he's 2nd. Um, DraftKings points, he's 16th. Um, Billy Horschel has been, you know, he, he's been playing pretty well. Uh, he does, he's been, He his ownership probably might be, his ownership could be a little lower. He got, he's missed the cut at this event the last two years. Um, but he does have it. he did have a, um, t, a T2 in 2014. And Billy Horschel has his last couple events here. He's come. He's riding a little bit of a heater at the Wyndham, He was T eleven, and then at the Northern Trust last week, he had a T three. So on a little bit of a hot streak, and eighty one hundred. Uh, I just think with his stats and where he where he's at, in my model, I think he's a really really solid play. So you know, give me some Billy Horschel. All right, so we're moving on. To the 7k range. I got in my model here. I have four guys I like. First off, first and foremost, I like Paul Casey. Um pretty good all across the board and all the stats I like. He's 20th in my model. Um looking back at tournament history, he had a T4 here last year and a second in 2016, and then he withdrew in 2015. Um Recent form, not great. Uh, you know, T60 um, at the last event, he got cut at the PGA, T31 at the WGC. But he seems to like this course. His stats fit really well for this course. So not my favorite play, but I have to mention him. I, I do think he's, he's, I think he could be sneaky and probably going to be pretty low owned. In Paul Casey, Paul Casey always just seems to does well at tournaments when you don't think he's going to, and um, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be off him, and this could be a tournament that he turns back around. So I like Paul Casey. Uh, moving on to my next player. It's my boy, ZJ, Zach Johnson, 7,500. Zach Johnson, he's made the cut at this event every year the past five years. No crazy amazing finishes, but he's a cut maker. Like, he's never going to bomb your lineup usually. He's... You know, in his last four events, he's top twenty-three out of four. Um, last event, he had a T forty. You know, his like it's just same kind of with Tiger. It's just his putting wasn't on. But Zach Johnson fits this course. He's not a long hitter, but he is a ball striker, and he just really fits this course. Um, so I re- I really like him. Seventy-two hundred. One of my favorite value plays on the board is uh, Keegan Bradley. God, that sounds terrible. That sounds weird. Keegan. Keegan Bradley is is fourth in my model this week. He is um, he is sixth in strokes gained approach, sixteenth in TA Green, he's twelfth in ball striking, eleventh in bogey's avoided. So his putting's questionable, so that could kill him. But he also really seems to do well at this course. He's made the cut the last four times he's played it. And, you know, his form, not amazing, but it's coming around. He had he had a really bad stretch um, this year um, going into the Open, but finished then at 4th in the RBC Canadian. And then he has a T42, a T34. So I think he's going to keep getting a little better and better. And uh, I think Keegan could do uh, pretty well this week. That's uh, That's probably a pretty bold call, but I like him. Uh, Stuart Sink, kind of burned me last week. Uh, didn't didn't play very well. But once again, he's ninth in my model. He's 7,100. He's really good with approach. He's really good with, you know, his ball striking. He's really good with DK points. His putting's fine. I think Stuart Sink, I don't think he's going to win the tournament. But I do think he has the ability to play well at this tournament. I think last week might have just been an off week. Maybe like a little hangover after getting a T4 at the PGA, um, you know, and he also had a 12th at this, he finished 12th at this tournament last year, so I do like me some Stewart sink. All right, now moving on to the 6K guys that I like. Uh, I got two. First and foremost, my boy, C.T. Pan, you know, C.T. Pan, um, it was only played this course last year. He had a T of T forty seven, and he did not play well last week, and he had a T sixty um, that was coming off his you know T his T two at the Wyndham, but the you know CT pans I he's always been a really like consistent golfer for me, and he also is right now currently sitting at seventy two in the FedEx Cup standings, and the top seventy after this week move on to next week. So, if he wants to keep his golf season alive and, and try to win some, some cash, he's got to play well this week. So, I do like that. Um, and then, Joel Damon, he's he is 6,400. We, we liked him last week. He didn't make the cut. Okay? Understand, it wasn't a great call. But the dude, besides last week, has been on fire. Um, and... I just think, I mean, he. I just think 6,400 is just too cheap. He's 16th in my model, and when someone's 16th in my model and they're 6,400, it's really hard not to play him. His putter last week sucked, and he's not a great putter. But like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, when you're on fast bent grass greens, I think it evens out the putting a lot, and bad putters, bad putters. Like these guys would blow me out of the water, but bad putters for the PGA, um, can usually, can usually put a little bit better if the greens are consistent, and usually a little bit quicker, so, um, he's fifth in approach, third in tee to green, sixth in DraftKings points, he's really good at, 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 at avoiding bogeys, so, I think Joel Damon's just too good of a value to pass up, I just, I really like him again this week, it's, I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but I, I really do, I really do like him, so, other than that, these guys I'm not mentioning like as as like I'm going to play them or anything, um, but do want to just mention them based on FedEx Cup standings. Um, I know that probably Lewis Ustiesen is probably going to be super highly owned this week. He's 69th in the FedEx Cup standing, so he also has to play well. You could go there. Um, and then you got Tyrell Hatton. I, sh- I shit on him last week, and I said don't play him. He ended up playing really well last week, so that's 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 shame on me. But he's 71st, so, you know, he might be able to ride that heater. I mean, my boy Bronson Bergoon, uh he's 73 in the FedEx Cup standing, so he's right there too. And then lastly, I'll mention Matt Kuchar. We mentioned him last week. He didn't do that. He didn't do great. But uh, he's 74th, and I think Cooch probably wants to make the next round here in the playoffs. So, you know, you could always throw him in there. So those are just kind of looking at the at the the standings. They, they, these guys don't grade out well for me by any means. But you know, sometimes that just try like these guys that are right on that cusp, um, you might see the little step up in their game. So just want to mention them. Just throw it out there if you guys need some uh, some cheaper options because. Uh, you, maybe you don't like want to play Damon, and or you just don't like some of the, the lower-end golfers here. You know, those are some guys you could look at. But other than that, when I think about lineup construction this week, I really think um, a balanced lineup can really work this week. I mean, you can pair a few of these 8K guys up with a couple of these 7K guys, and I think that's what I really I really do like, that strategy this week. Um or you know there is a, there is some value plays and you could you could go you know you could pair like a a Jason Day and a Tiger and then a few seven K guys and then throw Joel Damon in there at the end. Um, but I'm more and more I look at this the more and more I am liking a, a more balanced approach this week. Um, this is a hundred person event and the top seventy in ties make the cut still. So you're gonna have to get six for six through so. You know, you can probably get a little bit risky because 70% of the field is going to make the cut, but um, with that many people making the cut, it's not that big of a deal if you get 6-for-6. Six six. What you're really going to want is guys that finish well. So I think going more balanced, you're probably going to have a lot better chance of guys finishing higher in the standings and winning some winning, winning some cash. We're always going to preach play. Don't play in mega GPPs that are multi-entry. Um, There's sharks out there that are they're just playing every event. They're gonna play. They're gonna max out the entries. I'd play in single entry events, and um, you know, try to th- look at ownership tomorrow night, and you know, try to get some guys that might be lower owned that I mentioned down here, um, and and try to build your lineup that way. If there's a golfer you really like that's higher owned, pick them, but make sure the rest of your lineup, you know, you might differentiate a little bit. But other than that. <sighs> This solo dolo podcast is coming to an end. If you made it this far, I'm sorry and bless you for, for listening to me ramble for an hour or however I don't even know how long it's been, to be honest. It's been, oh, it's only been 40, 41 minutes. So, you know, not too bad. If you made it this long, I really do appreciate you. Please follow us on Twitter at SWSDFS. It's like swimming with sharks DFS, but it's just all the letters. So S W S D F S. Email us swimmingwithsharksdfs@gmail.com, DFS at gmail.com. And please, you know, tweet me. Let me know if you listen. If you I know that um, our producer said that we've had a lot of um, Dutch people listening from overseas, so howdy. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope you can play DraftKings where you are. Um, that's really cool. And keep on listening next week we're going to bring you some awesome nfl content Uh, eric and i this year our goal is to qualify for a live final um so we are really going to be trying to do that so we can go beat some sharks in person so thank you so much for listening have a great labor day weekend watch some golf grill some bergs and catch some sharks Peace.